when you feel discouraged, discontented, downtrodden, beat up. No, nobody here ever feels that way. But <laughs> you just remind the enemy of your faith, the adversary of your soul. You can put your hand on me all you want to. You can attack me all you want to. You can accuse me all you want to. You can be embittered against me all you want to. You can condemn me all you want to. Oh, buddy, touch me. And oh, oh, the joy that floods my soul. Hallelujah. I know that something, something happened. And now, Lord, I know. It was more than just anybody's hand. More than just an ordinary hand. This was a divine touch. An extraordinary touch. A healing touch. A rescuing touch. A soul cleansing touch. And he didn't just put a piece of it back together. He didn't just take a little bit of it. The song said he made me whole. I'm emotionally touched and healed because the Bible said He gave me joy unspeakable and full of glory. Praise God. I am mentally put back together because the book says that He doesn't just give you the worldly kind of peace. He said, I'll give you peace that passes understanding. You won't be able to comprehend it. There'll be no real definition of it. When everybody else tries to interpret it, when everybody else tries to shut it down, I'm going to give you something that far exceeds the expectation, anticipation, litigation, mitigation, or any other kind of thing that interferes with your faith, because I will give you peace. Praise Be seated just for a moment. I'll tell you the kind of peace I'm talking about. It's a peace that passes understanding. So sometimes you're over here in the slow lane. Unless you're driving the car I was driving this morning. Now, I I have a Mazda CX-5. Ooh, it's intimidating. I mean, when I want to go past somebody, it's just... (laughs) You put the thing to the floorboard and it's like... Okay, are we going to get around this or not? But you get you a car that's got a little power to it. It, You don't have to put the... If you push the accelerator to the floor, you end up on the moon. But just a little tap when you've got something strong. You ever seen a car that didn't look like it was that much and all of a sudden... They reared up the engine and they pushed that accelerator. And like, I didn't think that car could do that. They cheated. They took the old engine out and they put a better one in it. And now it's, it's roaring. It's purring. It's, it's vroom. Mopeds don't make sounds like that. Some of you have a faith in this room today. You need to stop settling for the slow lane. You need to stop settling for being hindered and Lay aside your hesitancy. Because, well, I don't know if God will do that for me. I've done this, said that, been there. Praise God. 
That's, that's the condemning voices of the world and of the past and of the enemy. You need, to, you need to realize the power you've got under the hood. You need to realize the energy in your faith. The strength that goes beyond the weariness and the weakness and the fragile and the frailty of your faith. It, it gets in that lane and it can pass it. That's peace that passes understanding. We're over here in the slow lane of trying to figure it out. Trying to calculate it. Trying to put it together. Trying to make it fit. Trying to use past experience. To interpret what I'm presently going through. Trying to calculate it. Coming up with a different formula. Oh yeah, if I put this together with that together and human reasoning with that self-help book. And if I get just a little bit more medication. Sorry. Let me take five more ibuprofen. Human reasoning. I'm stuck in this lane. Anybody ever been stuck in traffic? In a place you didn't think there ought to be traffic. And you're going, what in the world have they done up there? Somebody has broke down. There's a wreck. Because this road shouldn't be like this. Praise God. In the slow lane. But He gives you peace that passes understanding. I don't have it figured out, but I got faith. I don't know how to calculate it, but I got faith. I don't know where the formula for the fix is going to come from, but I'm in the fast lane this morning because He gave me peace that goes beyond the understanding. That's why some folks, it doesn't matter what the circumstance is. It doesn't matter how bad the burden is. It doesn't matter how heavy the load is. It doesn't matter how emotional the conflict is. It doesn't matter how, how many aches and pains, how inflamed the arthritis is, or sore the back is, or how recurring the sickness is. When they come to church, they decide, I'm getting in the fast lane this morning. You can sit still if you want to, but I'm getting in the fast lane this morning. Because if I get in the fast lane with a peace that passes understanding, I'm going to get to the destination quicker than I will over here in this slow lane of doubt, over here in this slow lane of fear, over here in this slow lane of bitterness and blame and setbacks and circumstances, because God is going to put me in a position and get me down the road. Come on, some of you. There's some fast drivers in this building. You have made up your mind. I am tired of being held up. Reserved. Tied up. Bound up. Let me get in the fast lane this morning and get somewhere in the Spirit. And, and many of you, you wake up in the morning and you say, oh, I'm running a little bit late. I don't have any time to waste i got 15 minutes to get there, and it's going to take 20, usually. This is the morning that you pray. I hope they're not watching. I hope that state trooper is not parked where he usually is, because I'm either going to get a ticket or lose my job. Hey, you're in a greater place of faith this morning. You don't have to walk out of the building going, well... I'm still kind of hunkered down and crippled and stumbling along and staggering. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get it and don't know if God loves me. And I've prayed about this miracle for months and years and days and seconds and misery has gone by. And I wonder if God has ever gone. Get in the fast lane this morning and say, I don't know what... 
the analysis is. I don't know what the diagnosis will be tomorrow. I don't know what the doctor's report will be next week. I don't know what the x-ray is going to show. I don't know what the test results are going to bring back. But I'm getting in the fast lane of the Spirit of God and the peace that passes understanding. Praise God. How many in this room right now? You have a time-sensitive issue. It may be something you need to sell. It may be something you need to buy. It may be a doctor's report that you got ready to come back. Whatever it is, it's broad enough. I want you to lift your hand to the Lord where you're standing. In fact, I want you to stand for a moment because there's healing in this room. There's direction and discernment in this room. And I want you to lift your hands to the Lord and begin to pray. God, you knew my situation before I walked into this room. I'm still trying to figure some things out. You've already got it figured out. I'm trying to put my intelligence to it, but your divine understanding is so far ahead of it, I'll never be able to catch up to you, God. So would you mind putting me in your vehicle? Let me get in that passing lane. Let me get in that fast lane this morning. And let me get somewhere in a spirit of peace, regardless of what the report says. Regardless of the negative feedback, regardless of how many times I have been refused, I lift my hands to the Lord this morning and believe that this week it's going to be alright. That your hand is going to be upon my body. That your hand is going to be upon my mind. That your hand is going to be upon my spirit. Regardless of what they say. Who's they? I want to know what He says. I want to know what God thinks about it. Some of you can feel that touch of the Lord right now. Lift up your hands and lift up your voice to the Lord and say, I don't even care if I feel it or not in my body. I'm letting my faith get turned loose. I'm jumping on the ride with peace. Take me somewhere, Holy Ghost. Vroom up that spiritual engine. I feel the energy of Elohim. The waters of the Word. I refuse to have a dimmed view and a blinded perspective. Open my eyes in the Spirit and let me see there is an opening. Glory to God. Lift your hands to the Lord just a moment. Ha ha. She kondo boho satala bahaye. Sandero bo satala bahasekeya. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. You got dilemmas. You got difficulties. Lift your hands to the Lord this morning and say, You are the one in charge. You're the one in charge. You're bigger. Then the physicians, you're bigger than the attorneys. You're bigger than every wall that's been built between me and the promises that God has made to me. You're bigger. And I'm praying again. I'm believing again. I feel to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost this morning, you've stopped praying about something because you prayed about it so long, you didn't think it would ever come to pass. But I want you to pray about it again this morning. If it's, if it's a prodigal, or if it's a problem, or if it's a personal situation, if it's a sickness, it seems like you get over it and it comes back, you get over it and it comes back. That could be a feeling about somebody. 
That could be a bitterness or a resentment that is set in. But you're here in the Spirit this morning, and God will let you get in the passing lane, and you won't have to stay in that traffic and congestion and that held back, slowed down, never going to get their place. Praise God. Jesus' name. Be seated just for a moment. I've been in traffic sometime. I haven't even got. I haven't even got to my message. I had all these scriptures, and I was up here on the platform, and I felt the Holy Spirit. Well, go to this scripture, and I, I took a little screenshot of that. But there's something happening in the flow of the Spirit here this morning. Maybe you've done this before. You, you're on a road, and it's slow, and you might be in a place you're not quite as familiar with, and you know you constantly. I don't know what's holding this thing up. Is it a broken red light? Is it a wreck down there? Is it a is it a parade of all the slowest drivers in the county? And you say, well, I'm going to take a shortcut. And you get off the road. And you go way over this way. And, and your GPS is constantly rerouting you. And you, you cut back over this way. And then you're like, well, then that's a dead end. You turn around and you come back this way. And by the time you get to where you were, you're thinking, well, I kept moving, but I'm ten minutes later than I would have been if I'd have stayed even in the traffic. I want to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost this morning, you wait upon the Lord. He will not disappoint you. He will not disappoint you. There are times it's going to look like, well, I'm just not, I'm not getting there fast enough. I need to do something about it. And then I, I make a mess out of it. Now, my family, they, they, like to, they like to make fun of me. Nobody else here goes through that. Because I have a habit. I will leave the house. Invariably, I go out to the car. And I do the pat inspection. How many knows what that is? Got my wallet. Got my keys. Got my chapstick. Definitely have to have that where I'm from. I see. I, I've got, uh-oh, wait a minute. And I walk back into the house, and they're laughing. My wife and daughter, they're laughing at me. <laughs> we were just waiting for you to come back in the house. Yeah, I forgot my keys. Reach up there, on the, grab my keys, and go back out. Now I can start the car, and I go back to the patent inspection again. Walk back into the house, they're laughing again. <laughs> no, I got my cell phone. It's my wallet. Better not leave without my wallet. I went up to the grocery store several weeks ago, had a whole grocery cart full of stuff, and they were checking it through, and I forgot to do the patent inspection before I left, and I didn't have my wallet, and they had checked all that stuff through, and I panicked. I double-checked. I was like, I know I came into this grocery store with my wallet. Then I went around to different store clerks, people that were putting fruit over here and folks that were stocking shelves in the middle aisle. I went to every one of them. I said, hey, I think I think I dropped my wallet out. And it looks, it's just like this. It's just a little bitty. It's probably slid under one of the shelves. It's probably among the bananas and the grapes over there. I walked through that whole store. I've got everybody in the store on high alert with me. I've gone to the customer service desk. I'm telling you, I've got like ten people on this. They're, they're looking with me. Oh, yeah, if I see it. And some of them knew me. 
I went back out to the car. I searched in all the areas of the car. I thought it could have fell out. It wasn't in there. I went back into the grocery store. Went around to the people. Oh, yeah, I got you, man. If I see it. I'm thinking, yeah. You've already, if you find it, you'll check it for money, but you won't find any cash. <laughs> I'm the new generation. We don't carry cash. We carry debit cards and passwords. I called my wife. I said, you need to send Natalie up here with a, with a credit card. I've got this whole grocery cart over here. We can't get any groceries. I won't be able to come home with them. And I certainly do not want to have to go through another 45 minutes of shopping again. Natalie's on her way to bring me my credit card. And I went back out to look in the car one more time. And sure enough, I mean, it was in the most impossible place. How did that even get down in there? And then it's this, it's this, I have to contort myself, turned into somebody from circuit to soul to reach down in there and grab that wallet and pearl it out. But I found it. I found it. Some of you, I feel in the Holy Ghost that you're, you're, you're just like you're going in circles like me. You need to do the pad inspection. Okay. Faith, hope, prayer, word of God, it's there. You haven't lost it. It's one thing to lose something because if you truly lose something, you won't find it. But some things are just misplaced. Some things are, they're right where you truly left them and you go right back in there. I want to tell you in the Holy Ghost this morning, you haven't lost it. It's sitting right up here in the altar. Hasn't, it hasn't left you. It's a refreshing of faith. It's a renewing of your hope. It's a strengthening of your mind. I don't know. Somebody might say, I don't know if I can go another day like this. But you haven't lost it. It's just right up here. It's in a spirit of prayer before you leave. How many feel that in the Holy Ghost with me? How many would stand to your feet for a moment and lift up your hands and begin to pray, God, I might feel like I'm going in circles, but I I need to make sure I've got what I need for what I might face tomorrow and this week. And when I go back to the doctor's office, because I'm believing a good report. I believe in the test results are going to show improvement and spiritual progress and healing in my body. I'm believing that however many case, many medications I'm on, that the doctor's getting ready to cut them in half. In the name of Jesus, would you lift your voice and begin to pray with me? This is the God who knows how to operate. This is the God that knows how to fix the most impossible situations. This is the God that knows how to turn it around and change the tide. This is what they told me couldn't happen, but this is what God said will happen. Lift up your voice together with me all across this congregation in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Clap your hands to the Lord for a moment. You may be seated. When you go to the book of Leviticus, I'll not take time to read it, but the Bible describes the garb, the dress that the priest, the high priest is going to put on. He's got a special ephod that's got the 12 stones of Israel in it. He's got a diadem he's going to put on his head. He's got a special robe that he puts on, a breastplate that he puts on that carries the Urim and Thummim. He's got articles in his dress that nobody else has. 
And when he is properly dressed with everything he's supposed to have on, from the ephod to the robe to the breastplate to the, the special tunic that he has to the bells that are on the robe to, to the mitre on his head, he is not just dressed up with nowhere to go. He's dressed with somewhere to go. And he's going to take atoning blood into the Holy of Holies because he's dressed for it. Think about this in the Holy Ghost with me. Somebody here, the enemy, keeps going to your closet and pulling skeletons out. Amen? Keeps pulling condemnation and failure and hurt and pain and what else is in there that I can bring against them. But do you know what else you've got in that closet this morning? The Bible says that He gives us the oil of joy for mourning. He gives us beauty for ashes. But what else is in that text? Any Bible quizzers? What else is in that text? He gives us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Has anybody had any problems recently? Has anybody had any setbacks in the last few days? Has anybody had the opposite of what you had hoped would happen take place and it didn't make sense? Here's what you need to do. You've got a closet. Instead of going over there to that closet and saying, Ah! I didn't know you were still in there. I didn't know pain was still in there. I didn't know bad feelings and, and rugged emotions and regret. I didn't know that was to forget all of that. Push past all of that. Reach in there and grab a garment of praise. Cause I'm going to church dressed and somewhere to go. I'm not staying in the slow lane. I'm not staying in the prison house. I'm not staying in the pit. I'm not walling around in the cave. I'm not going to stay lost and lonely in a wilderness and can't find my way out when I go to church. I'm putting on a garment of praise. I'm dressed with somewhere to go. I'm going to my breakthrough. I'm going through the gates. I'm going to the castle. I'm going through the door. I'm going through dominion. I'm going to victory. Come on, somebody. Don't settle for defeat in the valley. Do you know what else you can find in the valley? You can find wells of springing water in a valley. You can find giant killers in a valley. You can find endurance that walks through the valley of the shadow of death. You can find faith and deliverance and hope. How many would say, I'm, I'm putting on the garment of praise this morning, and I don't care what the pressure is, I don't care what the regrets are, I don't care what the reports are, I don't care what the negativity is, I don't care what the demonic attack is, I don't care what the powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness and rulers of darkness are doing, I don't care from the high places to the low places who is fighting against me, I'm going to rise up in faith this morning, and I'm going to get dressed, because I'm going somewhere, I'm putting on Praise God. Don't you walk out of here this morning stripped of your spiritual opportunity. Walking around naked and ashamed of what yesterday held. Put on. Praise God. Somebody say, I'm putting it on. 
But your body's going to tell you, oh, no, no, don't you raise your hands like that. You know the last time you praised the Lord like that, the pressure got heavier. The weights got stronger. The enemy, he fought even more intense against your faith. No, no, no. I don't care what the enemy. I came in here this morning to say God has me dressed up and I'm going somewhere. I'm putting on a garment of praise. Can, can you put scriptures up on the board? Give me Ephesians 6 and 11. Where's the praisers at this morning? Watch. I came in with a dilemma, but I'm dressed to go somewhere. I'm all dressed up and somewhere to go. I got a dilemma, but I'm going to dance. I've got things I've been crying about, but I'm going to leap for joy. I've got people telling me, you can't have it. You can't get there. You'll never have it, and you'll never get it. But I'm dressed up with somewhere to go. I'm going to shout, dance, lift my voice, exalt His name. Come on, you got it in your closet. you got it in your wardrobe. You've got it in your spirit. You've got the power under the hood. Stop walking around and driving around and walking with God like you've got no power. Get in that passing lane. Let the enemy know I'm going somewhere this morning. My faith will take my promise from what has been spoken to fulfillment. There ain't anything more miserable than to walk around with a promise for years and years. And I wonder if it'll ever happen. And I wonder if anybody even cares about it. And, I, and God walks around going, I wonder if they even remember what I told them 5, 10, 15 years ago. You got it in your closet. Reach in there and grab that. Now, Apostle Paul is going to tell us in Ephesians 6 all about spiritual warfare. But before he even gets into spiritual warfare, look at the text. What does it say? Put on. Quit walking around like God's the only one that's got something to do. The Greek imperative of that text is, you have to put it on. I'm not going to get the blessing if I just sit there. You can go to a buffet this afternoon. You ain't going to get fed if you just sit there. Somebody's got to get up and say, oh, where's the plates? Where are the napkins? Where's the fork? Come on, where's the spoon? They ain't got no spoon over here for the, for the green beans. You don't get a spoon over here, I'm putting my hand in there and grabbing some. Because I'm too hungry to sit over at the table and not get fed. You've got to do something. You've got to rise up. You've got to get up. You've got to go to the closet. Grab that garment of praise and say, Heaviness, you are not going to hold me back. You are not going to burden me down. You are not going to make me doubt my God. I'm not walking out of here with unbelief. I'm walking out of here operating in faith. Now watch what it says. There's the discipline of the battle. Put on. You've got to do something. Don't say, well, I wonder why that one over there is getting blessed. Well, what are they wearing? What they put on? Do they have a helmet of salvation on? Do they have the breastplate of righteousness on? Do they have a shield of faith? Have they been doing something in the Word of God with the sword of the Spirit? Are their loins girt about with truth? And then you look at yourself going, now wait a minute. What? You do the pat test. What did I do? Wait a minute. No wonder I've been thinking silly thoughts. I don't have my helmet on. 
back in there and get that helmet on. And you get out there and go, wait a minute. What's missing? I got my breastplate on, but oh my goodness, the fiery darts of the enemy is getting ready to pierce me through. I gotta run back. I didn't get my shield of faith. You come back to church and get your shield of faith. This is why you can't miss church attendance. Gotta be faithful to the house of God. All those other people, you know, they need a service every week. They need to go to church every Sunday. I, if I'm there once a month, I'm good. Yeah. And you're walking around with no helmet, half spiritually dressed. And wondering why you're getting shot through, disappointed, knocked down. Why you're getting overrun with all the temptations of the world. you got to be at church every service. Because when you come to church, you're putting on. I'm putting on a helmet. I'm putting on a shield. I'm putting on a breastplate. Praise God. Got to get back to church. There is a discipline of the battle. Put on the whole armor. Wait a minute. Here's what I love about this. Be seated for a moment. There's a divinity in the battle. So what are you talking about? Well, it'd be one thing if we had it coming off the assembly line just made by the hands of men. But what does the Word say? Put on the whole armor of... Hey, this isn't my armor. This isn't just the pastor's armor. This isn't just the evangelist or the prophet's armor. This isn't just the apostle's armor. This is God's armor. Wow. Talk about Kevlar that works. Talk about titanium shield. Talk about the precious metals of faith you'll never find in the mountains of the world. This comes from God. Angels distribute this to the people of God. Lay it out in the altar so that when you come down here, how am I going to figure this out? How am I going to find this kind of weaponry and arsenal and defensiveness against the doctrines of the devils and the seducing spirits of this world? It's the armor of God. That's why I've got to get to the house of God to find the armor of God. Because that's divine armor. That's the divinity of the battle. This is not my battle. It belongs to the Lord. If I'm going with General Jesus, there's not an adversary of darkness. There's not an army of hell. There's not an assassin of evil that can take me out. When I put on the whole armor of God. But there's not just the discipline of the battle and the divinity of the battle. Then you also have the desire and decisiveness of the battle. Put on the whole armor of God. I've decided I'm not leaving anything out. I want the whole armor of God. I need the righteousness of God. I walk around with self-righteousness. It doesn't do me anything but get me in trouble. But when I put on the righteousness of God, that shields my heart. When I get the shield of faith... And faithfulness to the kingdom of God. I'm going out there and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church because I am properly equipped and I have made up my mind. I will leave nothing out. Lift your hands to the Lord and say, God, what's missing? What ingredient? What article of faith? What, is it a helmet? Is it just one thing? You say, well, I'm doing, I'm doing five things good, but what if you need seven? Well, I've got, I've got Two-fifths of it, or i got three-fourths of it. or No, put on the whole armor of God. I've got to have it all. 
When you go to Acts chapter 12, the Bible said that they took Apostle Peter and they threw him in the prison and they were going to kill him just like they had killed James. But they had to wait till after the holidays. And the Bible said that fiery shaft of glory came shooting in to that dusty, murky prison. And the angel of the Lord shot down that royal shaft right into the prison house. And he kicked Peter on the side and read it when he get home. The Bible said in Acts 12, he told him, get up! Put your sandals on. Gird thyself. Cast thy garment about you. You need to dress up because you've got somewhere to go. You ain't staying in this prison. You're not going to get killed tomorrow morning. The angel of the Lord has brought deliverance to the house. Put on the whole armor of God. Get your garment of praise on you. And don't you stay in the prison. You come out praising. I've got a miracle. I've got a blessing. I've got an anointing. I've got an authority. I've got a promise. I've got a prophecy. I've got a word from the Lord. Stand to your feet and lift your hands to the Lord. And begin to lift your voice to the Lord. Handable shatala I'm going to tell you, I want to affirm something in the Spirit for somebody this morning. The reason why you are about to have a financial miracle in your life is because you have obeyed the Lord and you've built the bridge of obedience between where you're stranded and a new destination. It's called giving. You stop thinking about, well, I don't know if if the first check I write out ought to be the tithe check or not. No, you changed that. You built a bridge of God's economy. Now you're walking over a bridge. And I want to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost where you've been told no, God is about to give you a yes. Because you decided, I will put on the whole armor of God. If it doesn't make sense, I will obey. If it doesn't look right, I will obey. If it doesn't stack up logically, I will obey. In the name of Jesus. I still believe this morning, there's a healing touch in this altar. You need a healing in your mind. You need a healing in your body. You need a healing in your finances. Your finances may be sick. I want you to step out and walk down to this front right now and lift up your hands to the Lord and say, I'm, I'm putting something on this morning. I'm coming down here. The altar is the closet. Come down here to the closet. Reach in there and take something off a hanger. Get something out of the wardrobe of the Spirit. Grab you a shield if you've been beat up on by doubt. Maybe I haven't been shielded enough. Maybe my faith has been too stressed and weak. Maybe I've allowed myself to be diminished in my walk with God because my faith is weakened and wearied. But I'm going to grab that shield of faith. Hold it high. I'm going to be re-energized. Maybe there's been some things you didn't know what to do. I don't know if this is right or if doing it that way is right. But you say, I'm going to grab that breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to guard my heart. I'm not going to let bitterness and blame. I'm not going to let the things of the world get in my heart. I would rather have the breastplate put on me. What am I missing, God, that I need to get out of the closet of the altar to be properly dressed for where I'm going in the Spirit? A garment of praise. A shield of faith, a sword of the Spirit, a word from God. As they begin to sing and worship the Lord this morning, reach into that closet and put on what you need. 
Reach into that closet and get what you've been leaving behind. Take it out of the church house with you. Take it to the job this week. Take it to the family meeting this week. Take it to the attorneys this week. Cut. I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you.